This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Eicher. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Today, joining us again is artist and designer who works a lot with the NBA, uh, particularly Fred Van Vliet. We've got Jimmy Butler. We've got Jason Tatum. So many other players. I'm sure you've seen his works online. He's amazing. He's back. It's Casey Vannerman. How you doing, Betty? What up? How you doing? Thank you so much for having me back um it's always a pleasure oh my gosh it's so great to have you here i uh i told you i wanted to start off with just a very funny random tidbit i uh you know obviously like free agency just happened we're gonna get into all of it um including fred and all those goods and all that good stuff but the one major thing that i can't get over uh after this free agency is uh rich paul did yeah. you read how much money Rich Paul made last weekend? No, no idea. I mean, I know the deals that went through. Obviously, he had a big, <laughs> big, uh, lots of great signings. Yeah. Rich Paul made $390 million last weekend with three clients. Wow. Oh my Fred God. Van Vliet, Draymond yeah. Green, and Jeremy Grant. Dre- Jeremy Grant, wow. Yeah, I know. I was going to mention him as well. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Do you like, think he I, makes more than Adele? Because Adele makes more. I would think so. I don't think Adele's making that much in a weekend. Right, but it's feast or famine, I would imagine, for for. I think Adele has a lot of – I think Adele has a lot of money. I think the Vegas residency is huge. But I yeah. think artists, from what I hear, make a lot of money now off of live performance more than sales or downloads. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, artists get, like, penny, like, fractions of pennies now through, yeah. like, Apple and Spotify streaming. Yeah. Back in the day, Adele would have been, like, so much more. Oh, 100%. Money. And also, not to... So I do actually think Rich Paul's making more money. And it doesn't matter. It just—it's just that in my head, I was thinking, "Oh my God, Adele makes but I don't know. so much money, but Rich Paul also makes so much money." Um, wow, who got Adele net worth? Okay, so her also, net he worth is—her net worth is two hundred and twenty million dollars. Wow! Wow! Rich I would have thought it was more. Paul's net worth. Oh, his net worth is one hundred and twenty million. So. I don't know anything about money. <laughs> I don't know anything about money. Uh, yeah. Certainly not in comparison to all of that. But I have to say, you know, I like I love what I do. I love yeah. my career. Yeah. But when I saw that, I Googled how to become a sports agent. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. like I know it's wild. Kidding me. $390 million in a weekend with only three clients. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I was, I was very surprised with the Jeremy Grant one. Be, uh, I, I mean, all credit to him. I was also what he got Fred was incredible. Yeah. Um, like both those deals were like massive deals. Wild. It was a little bit of right place, right time on both of those. So do you know what I mean? I mean, I think we'll absolutely get to that a it bit was, later, but yeah. But um, but that's that's incredible. I mean, this is a man who has his own New Balance sneaker, which he has his clients promoting. By the way, <laughs> Fred just shared his New Balance sneaker to a store uh, to his I mean, uh, Instagram story. I was I, um, so I how, lit- sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, like, do you know how good of an agent you have to be to have a signature shoe? <laughs> I mean, it's like. <laughs> 
I mean, it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, most people, Canada Day, it's like happy Canada Day, everyone, like whatever, if you celebrate or don't. Like, it's just, you know, it's fireworks, it's picnics, it's cottages. Yeah. I was like, how do I become a sports agent? <laughs> I know. That is crazy. And then realize, is... like, I don't think I could actually ever become a sports agent, but it was like a whole thing that I went down because like there's there's understanding like contract law which is like a huge part of it which makes a lot of sense and like some are full-on lawyers and some are just like I don't know have enough law experience to know contract law fully so there's that part of it but then there's also like how do you befriend a teenage boy <laughs> without getting a restraining order. <laughs> yeah, like don't... that. Like nobody like online is like phrasing yeah. it that way. Like this is how you but you know, it's like it's networking, it's connections and blah 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 and like scouting and stuff. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, like so much of like scouting as an agent would be befriending teenage athletes." who you think are going to become pros. And that's so weird to me. I would love to interview an agent and figure out like how they actually do that because it's like, it it feels kind of creepy. I mean, obviously their families would be involved, but you know what I mean? It's like, you're at the schools and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if you were a parent of one of these athletes, I imagine you'd have to be hovering like at all times because everyone wants a piece of your kid and that's so wild oh yeah but then they're they're millionaires but then they're millionaires i know and then i I thought to myself like well maybe you know maybe it's not my personality to like go to a, a high school boys basketball game and be like Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there might be some. I'm an agent. Yeah. Like, I yeah, just don't yeah. think I have the personality for that. And then I thought, like, yeah. well, maybe I could do that for like girls, because like I love the WNBA yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah, maybe yeah, like 100%. that won't be so like, I don't know, whatever. And then and then like WNBA agents make like no money because like the players don't make any money. So I was like, that's a real like. There's That'll like. The top, the top WNBA agent makes like 80000 a year. And then I no was way. like, because the top WNBA player right now makes like two fifty a year, like 250000 Right. But she would have a lot of clients, I would imagine. Or he. Uh, I'm talking about the agent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I suppose. Yeah. But I'm just like, there's yeah. probably easier ways to get to that salary number. I would imagine that the WNBA agents are probably also NBA agents. Like, I, I, I would imagine that you'd see a lot of crossover there because it's a, it's a really rapidly growing league, right? Like, if you could look in the past, like, even for, honestly, past three years, you know this way better than I do. Um, the, just the growth of the league is, is absolutely substantial. But, yeah, no, it's crazy. And what I was going to say is, even then, it's not guaranteed, right? Like, you could befriend mm-hmm. an undrafted prospect who has a party who, who says, I'm going to bet on myself. <laughs> I don't know if you know who I'm talking about here. And even before his major $43 million, $43.3 million. And then it leaves you for clutch sports anyway. He leaves you for clutch sports. And I'm not throwing shade. I mean, Fred's my guy. He's my homeboy. But I'm just saying that even then, it's not guaranteed, right? Like, yeah. you have to keep up and you have to be able to rise to the occasion. Um, so... Um, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely crazy. Um, also, shout out to Jerry Maguire. I watched that movie like two months ago again. <laughs> oh my gosh, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah, it's kind of a nice little nostalgia. It, does it hold up? It holds up, you think? Um, I don't know. Maybe not to like crazy like film buffs who are, you know, but to me, I thought it was really good. Like I really enjoyed it. Uh, okay, cool. I, I sort of watch things differently though. I watch things like for like, the style and color. Like I'm a complete artist in that way. Like I just watch things and I just go, whoa, look at, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe the story's hacky. I didn't think it was. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it's a classic. So yeah. 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 
Um, all right, let's get into the news this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move past yeah. my existential crisis. Um, yeah. So obviously, like since uh, I recorded my last episode, uh, Damian Lillard has officially requested a trade from the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, it's obviously been out there for a while that this could happen. It's officially happened. Now, yeah. There's there's been some uh, developments this morning. He hasn't been traded. We're recording this uh, Thursday, July sixth. Um, so essentially, what's happened is Lillard has said that he only wants to go to Miami, right? Mm-hmm. And Portland mm-hmm. has said that they only want young players and draft picks. That's the type of package that they're looking to get in return. So Miami yeah. does not have enough young players and draft picks on their own to trade for Damian Lillard as the Trailblazers want. Um, It would have to be a three-team, maybe even a four-team deal to get Lillard to Miami. So what's what's come out this morning, per Woj, is that, speaking of agents, Damian Lillard's agent, uh, his Mm -hmm. name is Aaron... Oh, sorry, I have it in an article here. Uh, Aaron something... Sorry, sorry, sorry. I had it and then I lost it. Anyway, his agent is, according to Woj, calling oh, other I agent, teams. Actually. I know his agent. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, because he's Tamar's agent, and I have to deal with him. So, anyways. Oh, cool. Okay, so apparently yeah, yeah, yeah. he is calling every other team other than the Miami Heat and telling them that they should not well basically telling them that if they try to trade for Damian Lillard that they are trading for an unhappy player and that they shouldn't attempt it so basically like the my so so basically the Portland Trailblazers are saying this is the type of package we want we understand he wants to go to Miami but we need to do what's best for us and that's what we're looking to do and Damian Lillard's camp is basically saying, we don't care. I'm paraphrasing here. They haven't explicitly said that, but they're basically saying, like, <laughs> hey, we don't care about what type of package you get in return. We want to yeah. go to Miami and we're doing everything we can to make that happen. So things are actually at a bit of a standstill right now. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of odd because, you know, the trail, like, you talk about like doing what's best for the player. Right. Or like this player has given your franchise a lot. You know, most people regard him as the best trailblazer of all time. Right. Like he's done a lot. Right. Like he's done a lot for the franchise. You sort of there's, you know, a sentiment of wanting to do right by him. But then there's also like, well, we still need to do what's best for the team. And then like the flip side of that is like he signed that max extension. And then like a year later, he wants out which is making him more difficult to trade. So it's like, who's doing right by who? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, it's difficult because on the one hand, I, I, I respect, um, I want to look up the agent's name because I was just on a call with him like a month ago. Uh, <laughs> Cause I did that, pro- that project with uh, very nice, honestly, super nice people. Um, but um he and Dame obviously want to look out for the best interests of Dame. I totally respect that. I understand that. But on the other hand, like, um, do you know, like, how the trail Blazers have done right by you, Dame? is by giving you that fat, fat, fat contract. Huge yes. contract. Um, where you're going to be paid in your last year something in the, like, mid-60s of millions of dollars a year. Um, which, is, which is a lot. Um, you've earned it. Congratulations. But, um, that is a a lot of money. I would say that the balance to be struck here, um, in terms of doing right by a guy who has obviously been your franchise guy has obviously been loyal, um, to this, to this point, um, is to, you know, put him in a favorable situation, but that doesn't necessarily mean going to Miami. Because there's a lot of different angles to this, right? Like the other frustrating part of this is, what does this, like, this is happening time and time again. Not that Miami's some major, like, big market team in terms of market size, but in terms of, like, um, 
being a favorable market, it's definitely one of the places that people like to go for multiple reasons. With South Beach, it's beautiful weather. Uh, there's tax uh, reasons to be there. There's a lot of reasons to be there. It's also a great run franchise. But what does this do for the smaller markets, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is just what it's happening time and time again. So even if you draft a guy, Dame's not a great, good example because he's obviously been there for a long time. He's obviously... Uh, put in the work and it just didn't happen right and it didn't happen for a lot of different reasons it wasn't that the that the front office was completely inept even though there were some questionable moves made um it, it, it it's just sometimes it just doesn't come together right so so they're parting ways but but you know what, what about the detroits or the milwaukee's or the okc's or the you know anything could happen so you draft the guy and, and at a certain point he just starts to call it the it, you know the shots of exactly where he's going, even though that place can't put together uh, the best package. I think, I think, um, particularly because I love Miami, it's probably my second largest market in terms of like uh, where I have like sales and, and fans and stuff like that. I love Miami. I think he will end up there. I look forward to him ending up there. But um, obviously, multiple teams are going to get pulled into this um Miami can't even I don't even think Miami could give the fourth best package right now no not not individually yeah no I mean and they and and even in terms of the assets that they could give up players right I'm not even talking about the picks you know is is who would you rather have Tyler Hero or Tyrese Maxey I mean Philly Philly to me if I'm just looking at packages Philly looks like they could put together one of the best packages here uh, for them. Utah as well. Um, although I, 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 I've, I've heard Utah floated a little bit more than I think. I think that's more of just. I've heard experience. San Antonio uh, as well. I've, I've heard San Antonio as well. I mean, with getting Wemby, you know, the question is, I mean, are we hitting the go button on this immediately? Um, mm-hmm. So. By the you way, know, his agent, uh, his agent's name is Aaron Goodwin. Aaron Goodwin, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron I was Goodwin. looking it up as we were we were chatting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Goodwin Sports Manager. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, well, and then just know, to add to that, I um, it's also been reported that the Trailblazers don't necessarily want uh, Tyler Hero which is one of like their biggest trade assets only because they're so guard heavy already. They already have Anthony Simons. They have shade and sharp. They just don't need another player of that type. And that's basically like who they have in terms of young players. And I was like looking at Miami as well. Like they lost uh, Max Struess and they lost. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, what's his name? He went to LA. I had that in front of me as well. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent. Thank you. So it's like, those were their younger guys. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it's like they they really, really don't have it. And I think as much as I can respect that that's where Dame wants to go, it may, it's very obvious why that would be the case. Uh, it's also yeah. obvious why he would want to be in the Eastern Conference, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I think I agree. Like I was saying back in April, I was joking, you know, about Daryl Morey being like, you need to do whatever you can to get Damian Lillard. Yeah. And, you know, talk about another player who's demanded a trade, James Harden. Uh, No, I don't know why Portland would want James Harden. (laughs) I don't think they they wouldn't want James Harden. But I think if there was a world where you would then flip James Harden for someone else. Yeah. And then that's how you then get the package you're looking for then yeah. that could be super interesting and satisfy all parties. I think Dame and Embiid together would be massive. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah. like, that would suck for us as Raptors fans, but we're not winning yeah. next year anyways, and we'll get into no. that. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. might as well, you know? But really, I like, know. you know, like, the Sixers problem, obviously, yeah. getting out of the second round, but also it's just, like, they've had players that – you know, freeze up in those big moments and Dame, like, hello, he's Dame time. He's literally yeah. the cure to their problems. So it's like, yeah. if you're Daryl Morey, you're like, Hey, I know like you've got Miami 
on the brain, but like mm. you, you just do everything you can to get him. I think, I mean, the issue with Harden is like, I think this is his third trade demand in the last four years. I think he's been on four. Um, Right? Like he demanded a trade from Houston and then from Brooklyn and now from Philly. Yeah, so that put him on three teams, correct? Yeah, so it's three teams in four four years. I believe it's three teams in four years that he's been demanding trades. And and narrowly, yeah, yeah. It would be his fourth team in three years if if he does move. So, yeah. Uh, wait for, for, anyways, yeah, a lot of teams in a lot of years. And, <laughs> and I honestly, here's the thing with, with Harden. I mean, just to be transparent, like he was one of those people that like, for whatever reason, his personality never really clicked with me. I just didn't really. And then he kept showing, like there was a, there was, uh, uh, this is off the dome. Like with you personally? Yeah, like with me personally, like, you, like he was just a player yeah. that I was just like, I didn't like his play style. Um, I didn't find it fun to watch the Rockets, even though, you know, the year that mm-hmm. he was the MVP and they were constantly, you know, going very deep, exciting team. I just didn't like it. Um, his personality, I don't know him. I try not to judge people like that, but it just, it didn't click. So I would never go as far as to say like, oh, I don't, I don't like James Harden. It's just like, I just don't have a, a, a connection with him as a, as a person or a player. Um, and then he just like continually showed that he was actually kind of a decent person. He was bringing, you know, um, um, differently able people to the games and, and seeing them after the game and there'd be videos of it coming out. Right. Like, that young guy who was a, a victim of that uh, Michigan university shooting. Exactly. Thank you. That's what it was. Um, and it's like, you seem like a, a decent person actually. So that's great. However, this this thing of constantly just asking to move out of, you know, less than optimal situations and and opting back into your contract is just like, man, that's he, so he's, yeah. crappy. He's got to so know, crappy. he's got to know yeah. that demanding trades this often doesn't help your trade value. It's the like most. He's, he's got to no know that. Said it more. Yeah, nobody and, said it more. And, and in addition to that, He's not exactly known for his work ethic. Yeah. And he's, you know, increasing in age. And then it's just like the combination of those things just makes it really rough. I agree. He's probably a decent guy. Like, I'm sure his teammates get along with him. You know, he's partying, whatever. But, you know, still a decent guy. And so it's just like, I I don't know. I can't even... Like, obviously, so the Clippers have been rumored to want him, but also it's kind of similar to the Miami situation. They have explicitly said that they don't want to give up Terrence Mann and Norm Powell for James Harden. So who else are you trading for him? So then it's like, now is that going to happen? Right? It's like all these guys demanding trades, thinking like everyone's going to give up whatever for you. And then it's just, it doesn't make sense. Cause like with so much parity in the league, it actually becomes a bigger risk where like, yeah, if, if there was like a, you know, a Kevin Durant warriors dynasty and you kind of pretty much know you can't compete on that level, but you're trying to like keep your, you know, season ticket holders happy and you're trying to stay competitive, then you're like, yeah okay, this will keep us somewhere between fourth and sixth in the East or the West, and that will make our fan yeah. base happy. But we don't yeah. live in that economy anymore. Yeah, I know. That's so true. That's such a good point. Um, yeah, I, I – um, and, and his value is just plummeting. I don't think he'll, he'll command a really big um, – I, I honestly – I think, like, there was the, the – I'm not sure if you saw um, – Michael Rubin's all white party. Um, yeah, I did. That, uh, yeah, and he was there with Tobias Harris and and Embiid. I'm not sure if they were sent as special operatives to the party to go. In, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe like maybe uh, Daryl and Nick were like, "Go in. Here's your outfit." They gave them like all white outfits, and they're like, "Go in and 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 just chat it up, chop it up with." Uh, James, um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see. I mean, I, I, NBA players tend to be pretty good at separating that stuff. 
you know? So just because you see the three of them at a party together does not mean that they're like, yeah. oh, we're going we're gonna to stay together forever. Um, but I would not be surprised to see him actually stay. Um, I mean, this is not breaking news. I'm probably the millionth person to say this, but uh, Daryl Morey does not just trade to trade. <laughs> he gets the value out of his assets that he wants. Mm. Uh, even when that value is ludicrous. I mean, some of the reports of what he was asking for Tobias Harris are just crazy. And, and you know what? Tobias Harris, speaking of like incredibly decent human beings, if you ever want to listen to like awesome interviews, go listen to Tobias Harris ones. That guy is like <clears throat> very sage and kind of enlightened. Like he's a cool cat to listen to. Oh, cool. Uh, um, but, you know, maybe a little overpaid if we're just speaking in basketball terms. Um, so, so he's I, like, I, he's I mean, overpaid to the point where it's like his reputation. I know. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he's... the thing he's most known for. I think people know him yeah. more for being overpaid than anything he's actually done <laughs> basketball wise. It's sort of know. crazy. But honestly, paid, good for him. Paid. Who cares? Yeah. And if you were paid <laughs> adequately, and, and we could have a discussion about what that <laughs> number might be, um, not that it would, it would matter for us. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, as we said earlier, we don't understand money. Um, not, not on that level, at least. Um, so, uh, if you were paid adequately, I think you would have like a very good reputation in the league. You know what I mean? Like among mm-hmm. fans, like, I think people would be like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like a really good player to have, but yeah. And, and like is, Philly is just, just so whatever. And he's made funny comments yeah. about that in the past. And, but, but speaking of Dame, wouldn't it be hilarious to see him? Like if that trade ends up happening and Dame somehow ends up on Philly, that would be like two for two with Nick, like just going to like, Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like going yeah. to a franchise and then like having, I mean, it sort of happened in the opposite order, but, uh, Oh no. Was Nick hired before the Kawhi trade? He was hired before the Kawhi trade. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. Uh, um, I think, uh, you know, I was trying to think about why he would pick Philly over Milwaukee. Yeah. Right. Because apparently he was right there for the Milwaukee job, but he kind of s- stepped down so Adrian Griffin could have that job and then chose yeah. Philly. Allegedly, that's how it went down. And yeah. if that's the case, like, I just don't know why you would pick Philly over Milwaukee. But I was, but then I was thinking about it and I was like, all he has to do is get out of the second round. Yeah. And he's a hero. And, and he's, a, yeah, like, he doesn't even yeah. have to win a championship. Where, like, yeah, in true. Milwaukee, like, you have to win a championship. Otherwise, it's like, that you know, you've wasted their time. I wonder if that was part of it. I don't know. I just, it's something I, I've been curious about. I feel like part of it as well was, you know, obviously, Daryl Morey's a very shrewd um <clears throat> front office executive um and i think he was very forthcoming about what was occurring within the within the organization and what they had on the horizon and i think that he was probably maybe looking at the damian miller situation i i I think that they have predicted a lot of what's happening here i don't think it's like news to them so i wonder if he thinks that this could have uh developed into a better situation because as much as it seems like it's some altruistic thing or it might have been reported that it's an altruistic thing that he didn't take the the Milwaukee job for Adrian to get it. That's just not the way the real world works. Um, That might've been a component of it. And he might've been like, well, this is great. This is actually a better situation. But ultimately in this, especially in this hyper, hyper, hyper competitive, there's only 30 jobs available in the world. Um, And only about five of them are favorable, right? So, and he he has a choice between two of those five. Um, There would have been a, a real, real reason, right? that that he's he's looking at 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 philly because he's got a lot more to contend with in philly too right like on in another way right so as you said no maybe he 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 doesn't have to win the finals or bust but on the other hand he has to contend with um uh just the the losing culture in philly that has been established there um and it's not daryl's fault he wasn't the one who established it it wasn't it wasn't doc's fault either it's just something that has been entrenched there in certain players and and frankly 
Embiid seems like one of those players, right? Like mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It, you can't just slump your shoulders and go, okay, next. Like the body language on Embiid sometimes is just like unbelievable. Really bad. You just watch him and you go, whoa, buddy, this is when you need to like, your, your, your shoulders need to go back and your chest needs to go out. You really need to take charge of the situation, but you know, or, or some games, you know, and I, I don't know behind the scenes, but I, you know, I've heard, uh, vague allusions to, to Embiid sitting out of games that maybe he could have played. So. Right. I'm sure that's true. And, and so he's got to contend with that. Nick has to contend mm-hmm. with that is my, is my, um, and contend with the media there. Like if Nick, oh God, I can't involved, get over, I can't get over yeah. that press conference. And then yeah. in comparison to the Darko welcome press conference where there's fucking balloons and there's free ice cream, ice cream and it's outside and it's like a celebrate. It's a party where yeah, like yeah. Nick nurse is getting yeah. interviewed. Like he's a full on like politician yeah, and yeah. they're like yeah, asking yeah. him about foreign policy. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's so, <laughs> in, it's so intense in comparison. Yeah. How would you resolve the, the, the well, Yeah. Like in, it's just insane. <laughs> What? They're asking uh, him about the yeah, Saudi no. arms deal. I mean, it's like... <laughs> How do you think... Darko's like, hey, free ice cream. I love it here. <laughs> and honestly, honestly, man, like, a lot has been made, and I think we'll get to this a little bit later. I have, I, man, I, I, I'm going to go off about it, actually. But a lot has been made about what sort of happened behind the scenes last season and, and just yes. watching Nick get irritated. And as people are allowed to do, by the way, we all get irritated. <laughs> That's totally okay. But watching him get irritated with the Toronto uh, media scrums sometimes, especially nearing the end um, and get a little snippy and, and say things that really just didn't make sense. Cause it was like setting up a time bomb for himself. For sure. For sure. Um, it will be, interesting to watch he handles the philly media (laughs) toronto media is like the nicest of all the nba media Mm -hmm. easily and half of them are employed by the half of them are employed by the team i know and and half of them are and and i and i don't like half of them are are there to to sort of I don't want to say mob softballs, but just to sort of be like, oh, for sure they are. Though. I, I'm going to tee up this question for you, so that you can answer the question that you've asked me to answer. Right? Like, like, um, yeah. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. I, I do have certain issues with the online fan base. <laughs> I think that's sure. a completely different story in Toronto, um, but. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, it'll be interesting to watch. And well, let's go, get it into could go south. Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. It, it could, could go very easily south. go south. It could very yeah. easily go south. But with that, let's get into our Raptors Homer moment here. And let's talk about our Fred Van Vliet. He has left for the Houston Rockets, as we know. He rolled the dice. He got the bag. I mean, I've been saying for a long time, you will go to the highest bidder regardless of location or anything. Um, yeah. Personally, you know, I think we all saw this coming. The writing was on the wall. Uh, yeah. I'm just disappointed that we lost him for nothing. You know, like I just like it's just another player from that championship team that basically walked from that basically walked for nothing i mean when you look at it it's just like you know obviously i'm not the first person to make this point but we obviously okay we lose Kawhi, we lost marcus all we lost Serge Ibaka, which you know was fair because they were basically done but then mm-hmm. we you know we trade norm for uh gary trent jr which respect to gary trent jr has turned out to be a step down you know, we sign and trade Kyle for Precious. And Casey, you're here. Okay, good. We lost you on yeah, YouTube yeah, for sorry. a second. Okay, no, yeah, all good. You're back. Said, like called me and it just went. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was yeah, like, sorry. where did you go? I'm like, like listing off all these players. Quietly. Yeah. And it didn't work. <laughs> Anyways, I'm here. Yes. I, I heard all that though. Anyways, and yeah. now we lose Fred as well, and it's just like. 
Pascal and OG are the only ones left from that team. Like the only players yeah. we've gotten back are Precious and Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Yeah, I know. For it, all it those guys, been... it's not, it's not great. And like, look, like I said, the writing was on the wall with Fred. I think we knew it was going to happen. I don't know what yeah. kind of offers we got for Fred during last season that the team decided it wasn't worth it. I don't understand why nothing was better than something. I don't know, but yeah. it's disappointing. It is disappointing. And, and there's been a lot of that this, this off season and just, just in general, as you mentioned, right. Um, I agree that with uh, maybe less so for Mark, I think Mark had a little bit more in the tank, but, but um, Abaka was uh, done. Great locker room guy. I would just bring him back. Just It, it just sucks. Cause like Ibaka, like he had a back injury and then he was just never the same. And yeah. then Gasol yeah. was done just for the sake of being done. So, look, I think it was smart that we didn't re-sign either of those players. It's just when you look at the at the totality of all those assets. Assets, I'm sorry. It's a business. We're gonna, <laughs> we refer people. We refer to people as assets in sports. It's always yeah. kind of weird but, to me. But effectively, without being, like, not intentionally being dehumanizing like yeah yeah i mean everyone does it it just always feels weird to me but yeah yeah, like to just lose i mean like i said the you know trading norm the sign and trade with kyle i was hoping to at least be able to do a sign and trade with fred i was looking at orlando you know there was a lot of orlando rumors they have a lot of really young guards i was like if we could get even one of those young guards back like that would be something we could build upon it doesn't happen we immediately sign dennis schroeder Respect to Dennis Schroeder, not the same level of player, but at least he knows how to run an offense to some degree. So I, you know, so it's just, I feel like our, our hand has been forced into a rebuild instead of like being in control of a rebuild. That's just my personal feeling around it. Yeah. My feelings can change. Yeah. I think to a certain degree, I, 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 I'm on board with you there. Um, uh, I, I do think that we can't, you know, and this feels like a kind of cop-out statement a bit, and I don't intend it to be, but I feel like we can't, we can't really, we don't know what was on the table, as you said. I heard yes, there was something yeah. around like Luke Kennard or something, you know, like it's, and it's hard to say. And, and frankly, like I'm going to be like, just being like, keeping it a buck here. Like I, I, I was, it was a lot of money for Fred to take. Very happy for him. I'll speak to that in a, in a moment. But, um, you know, I'm pretty sure the third year is a team option, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the Raptors were offering more time and, and guaranteed money, right? So I, I think that when they brought in that third year, that was this that nail in the coffin. But it is a team option. So, I mean, that's... It'll be interesting to watch, like see how that goes. That is about as close to generational money as you can get without it being generational money. You know, it's very, very close. Yeah. I mean, you just put that in the bank and just what you're making on, on you know. Yeah, it's not Rich the, Paul the, money, but it's good. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> 3% on that, and it's just like unreal every year, right? So anyways, it's a lot of money. Um, I... I don't know. I don't know that there's a lot you can control in that situation, and that's what sucks, right? We can we can point our finger at at what's been mostly a, an incredibly competent front office here, and we can look at the past few years and say they didn't go exactly as we planned, right? They didn't, right? Like Aaron Baines looked like he probably was going to be a good signing. Like honestly, if you're, it did not go well, but it did not go well because of health complications that came out a year and a half later, finding out that he collapsed in a washroom during the FIBA tournament. I think it was the FIBA tur- tournament, at least. I did not know that. Yeah, so he had, like, wow. real... Again, the, the details on that are fuzzy. I'm not, um, I'm not S or... or, or sure, like sure. Murphy, but, but I'm just saying, like, he, th- this was all stuff that you can't really control. Like, look at what he's done in Phoenix, right? He looked fantastic. So we we rolled the dice on him and landed and that didn't work out and a bunch of stuff didn't work out and then we're we're in Tampa for a year playing out of a like a Marriott 
uh, fucking uh, uh, continental breakfast hallway. Like it's just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. after thing, or it's 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 not going well for this franchise. And then's the break sometimes, right? Like you hit, and it just sucks. Like people have shown that picture from the um, from the slam photo shoot where they keep like fading yes. away, like Thanos style, player after player. What's interesting <laughs> is that they're fading all in one direction, and all that's left is OG and Siakam now. And we'll get to Siakam in a in a second. But like, um, it sucks, man. It sucks to have this happen. But I think that. Um, you know, the bright shining light to me is still Scotty. I'm, I'm really excited to see Grady and I'm really excited for Grady actually. Um, I think that he's a really fun personality. Well, have and, you thought uh, of, have you thought any, uh, thought of any designs for your Grady? Oh, there's, jersey? 100%, uh, there's a Grady thing coming up with Grady that will happen soon. So I'm going to keep that on the DL. Um, but I, <laughs> that kid is amazing. Uh, he's very funny. And uh, when I saw him uh, get drafted, I, that was the closest I've ever felt um, to seeing what it might look like if I got drafted by my home. <laughs> so See, representation matters. Representation, representation matters. Representation matters. <laughs> um, to the pale white kids. Uh, so uh, that was the breaks, man. Um, but, uh, but I do want to speak on one thing. Um, I watched your, uh, when S was on and and you guys spoke about this a bit. I'm just gonna address it directly. It, I know that like people who watch this are these people, but the way people are acting online, particularly in the Raptors uh, Twitter sphere right now, uh, which is just a mess, I get it, is not okay. It's just like, it's completely gone off the, the deep end. Um, Fred doesn't care about that type of stuff. It's the people around him who care about that type of stuff. It doesn't mm. hurt his feelings. It hurts his mom's feelings. It hurts his wife's feelings. That, those are the people that it affects. Fred's a big boy and, and absolutely has always been a leader, even when Kyle was here. But like, let me tell you as somebody who's, whose life he changed. He like, absolutely, he reached out to me in 2018 and completely changed my fucking life. Like just, just in an instant, right? I was grinding away. I was trying to make this art thing work. I was doing okay at it, but he saw something and, and I, I give myself credit in the work that I put in as well. And I work like seven days a week to make this happen. But just by him sort of betting on me, it changed my life. And he's been decent to me. He's reached out to me. Um, when I got engaged, reach out to me when I got married, reach out to me when, when uh, uh, we've got news that uh, my wife was pregnant, we're having a daughter. He is such a good person. Um, were, can you be critical of his play? 100%. I could sit here and be critical of his, of his play. I don't think that the Raptors should have paid him that money. I'm glad the Raptors did not pay him that money. Well, also, I'm very happy for him to get to pay that money in Houston and wish that he makes every single all-star game forever. It's going to be difficult, but um, I, I, uh, you can be critical of that. But attacking somebody's character like that online, just because, and by the way, it's obvious, things aren't going well in your life, it's not okay. It's not a normal thing to do. These are human beings. You can't just say, well, they get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars. It's okay for me to attack them online. And, and um, berate them and send them messages that are just like, honestly, you should be put in jail for some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not okay, right? This is a man who has worked really hard for what he has. Is he in an incredibly lucrative area? Absolutely, absolutely. There's lots of people who work hard who don't get the breaks that, you know, the cash out that he did. But um, it's got to stop, man, because it's getting... And, and I'm not speaking to, to everyone here because there are so many great people online, especially in the Raptors world, but the amount to which you see that toxic behavior is embarrassing within that world. I work in different, in, like, different markets. I work in Miami, I worked in Memphis, uh, LA to a small bit. Um, I, and it's getting harder and harder not to sort of wince as you tell somebody that you're a Raptors fan. The behavior online is just like, 
it's it's getting a reputation. Yeah, Raptors fans outside of our bubble actually don't have the best reputation. Like I I, I listen to other you know NBA podcasts. Like I consume a lot of NBA content beyond just the Raptors. Yeah. And yeah. like, there's one pa- there's one podcast I love. I subscribe to it. It's called the Goat Pod, greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah, it's no, I, right. Yeah. It's hosted by Ben Golver. They yeah. somewhat affectionately refer to Raptors fans as termites, you know. And like, yeah. I get a good laugh out of it. Right. It's funny, but it's just like their interactions. Like even like Ryan Russillo has talked about like getting yeah. death threats from Raptors fans. Like it's yeah. kind of wild. Like, like Raptors fans don't have the best reputation, but I also feel like, I mean, this is like a larger philosophical kind of conversation, but like I've noticed a huge shift in fandom post championship. Yeah. Like, like, especially locally. Like I remember like, you know, Remember when we were always like losing to Cleveland and right. And and the Cavs were going to the finals and Doris Burke is interviewing LeBron James and everyone's still chanting, let's go Raptors. And LeBron says, do you hear these fans? Yeah. That's not who we are as a collective anymore. A lot of those fans are still left. I'm sure a lot of those fans are are Raptors Republic people because we're diehards and you know, but like that as a culture is not the case anymore. Like I I think we have to stare it in the face. Like it's not like, like, as you said, like it's not who we are anymore because like, I always want to contextualize just like you did. And just like I did right now and saying like, Oh, but there's still remnants of it. We just have to, like, you have to diagnose a problem before you can solve a problem. We aren't those people anymore. Right. As a collective, we're not, you can pick apart people and people. And I've, and I have, so many people that I am so grateful for in that sphere. So it's not Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. like, if you're listening to this and you feel personally called out by it, I'm not, I'm maybe it's not you, but also maybe it is you. Maybe just take a look in the mirror and think, how have I interacted (laughs) as a fan around across, uh, you know, it doesn't even have to be sports. I mean, look at everybody getting pelted in the head on stage right now as uh, musical artists, like people throwing things on stage. We're not interacting with as fans uh, as we used to. And I get it, I understand, right? Like I feel it too. The world is not the same. Groceries are up 18, 19%. Rent is ridiculous. The job market isn't what it used to be. I get it. It does not excuse certain behavior because you can't put all of your chips. I think S spoke to it on the last episode like that. You can't put your emotional stability into your favorite team. You just can't. It is a recipe for disaster. If your team plays poorly, you can't let that, you can obviously be like, oh, that's like, you know, grumpy about it. That's fine. But like letting it affect the way you interact with the world is, is a moment to look in the mirror and say, is this about the team or is this about something else that's going on with me, right? I've been there. I'm a recovered alcoholic, right? I'm, I, I have been there. I know. The How many that, years like, uh, sober are you now, Casey? Five yesterday. Congratulations. Five yesterday? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Congratulations. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so I get it, right? I've been through, like, that's, that's a, the, the, you know, in addiction, they, they tell you that, like, it's a, it's a behavioral problem of another problem, right? It's it's a coping mechanism. It's not that you're just randomly addicted to some random thing. You know, it's just, it's because of something else that's going on with you emotionally or traumatically. It could be any number of things. And uh, I'm just telling anybody who will listen, (laughs) stop it. It's not okay. You can't act that way online. You can't. It's not okay. You're in insular communities. Stop arguing with people online. When people say go touch grass, it's almost sort of lost its its impact because it gets said so often. But honestly, yes. go touch grass. Go stand outside. Go breathe. Go look at the, 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 the sky. Listen to the wind and the trees. Meditate. Do what you love. Unplug for a while. It's, it's really, really not okay. In general, I deal with incredible people. But more and more, I'm seeing certain people, the way they interact, even sending emails to me and you're just like, 
Yo, oh, that's wow. not okay. That's not okay. You can't speak like that. Um, Casey, I mean, I think all that is extremely well said and I completely agree. And I think, you know, a lot, you know, I, I feel like in sports, like I personally feel like a lot of men are kind of sort of taught that like, this is the one space you can act out. Yeah. Right. With sports, yeah. like this is like the one yeah. area where you can really show a lot of emotion without judgment. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of this stems from. I think that's why a lot of people, I mean, it can happen with women too, but obviously it's yeah. like particularly more with men that like, that's why so much of their emotional well-being gets put into sports because we as a society have told this lie that this is like the one place where you can publicly show or have these emotions right so yeah. then you start to feel irrational about your team and you start to have like you know self-identity things with your team because this is your city and blah 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 and then you relate that to you i mean even as we talk about sports like I, I do this too. Like I refer to the Raptors as like we, and it's like yeah, I'm yeah. not on. I'm not on this team. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not on the team. I'm not employed by the team. I'm not on the team. But we refer yeah. to it as we, right? And so I just think like it is very important to be self aware about your relationship with sports. And yeah. I also think you know, uh, again, it's a larger conversation. But as a society, we need to give people and particularly men space to have feelings yeah i agree but right I, and I, and i think I, that's where a lot of this stems from for people i i would completely agree with that i i'm just i'm always curious too because i've been on twitter for a minute i've been a part of the rtz i've watched it all happen rtz <laughs> I guess, in Canada. shout out to you the know, hashtag watched, rtz it's man. never been this bad it's never been this bad. Yeah. This is this is this is really reached a breaking point. Um, and and I think it, I I also think it's and I'm not you know a curmudgeon old man, but I also think it's a new generation coming in, and and uh, you know um, maybe they've interacted online a little bit different. Maybe they feel robbed from their youth because of what we just went through, which I I understand. I don't know that would what would it would be like to be in high school when three, three out of your four years were spent at home, almost, yeah, I know. you know? Um, but I'm just saying that it doesn't matter whose fault it is. It's your responsibility to regulate it in yourself. It could be anybody else's fault. You say, well, this happened to me, this happened to me, and this is why I'm like this. And you're like, it doesn't matter. It's, a, it's only you who can fix it. It's only you. You're the person who has to clean up this mess. And it's only you who benefits from it, by the way. So like... It's not like it's some crazy responsibility. Like, look at me. Like, I'm, I fucking do really well. <laughs> like, really well. Way better than most people realize. And I do it hanging out with basketball players and hanging out with, like, not like, you know, I'm, I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying it's because I took it no, like, five you, years ago. You took the time to help yourself, right? Yeah. You took the time to get help and you've been able to turn your life around and have this amazing, successful, fulfilling life, like both yeah. career and personal life uh, exactly. as a result of doing that. Yeah. So I'm telling you, like, just just look within yourself. And, and I agree. I agree with the thing with with men. And my only thing is to say the other side of the aisle is have empathy for those people. Don't, you know, if you just keep casting stones in their direction it's only going to get worse they're going to put up their backs more approach things with empathy and understanding you know that's it's it's it doesn't mean you have to put up with their bullshit that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying if you exercise empathy you'll 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 find that that you can reach across the aisle and and the person's more willing to listen and 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 hear you out well, so, well amen to that yeah um but but also and, and to get back to frank he's fucking amazing he was he's like maybe top seven top eight raptors of all time in my opinion like like just on that's on, true on. he could be a top 10 raptor uh, of all time i haven't looked at that but you're probably you're probably dead on with that i i think you know fred is a great guy i think he is highly inspirational I think what's happened with both him and Siakam to some degree, and I talked about this, I think, was it last week or a few weeks ago on this pod when um, 
when the athletic like put out that article and like Siakam was like the second most like overrated player in the league, according to like whatever poll that they did. And I'm just like, people forget where these guys came from. You know what I mean? It's like, they see their success and they just keep raising the bar for them. And it's just like, you have to stop doing that. Like you have to stop expecting more all the time from these guys. It's like, like Pascal Siakam was going to be a priest in high school. He was going to, he was going to be a priest and he picked up a basketball in like his second or third year of high school. Like, I don't think he owes anyone more than what he's capable of doing. And if you think he's overpaid, then that's a different conversation. But I think he's actually properly paid for what he actually contributes to a team. Um, Same with Fred. This guy was undrafted. Both him and Siakam battled through the G League, won a G League championship to then come into the NBA, to then win an NBA championship, to then become an all-star. That level of trajectory almost never happens. And because it happened on this team twice, I feel like people take it for granted. And I think you just need to take a step back and realize these guys have accomplished so much. They are the reason we watch sports in the best way like in our on our best day they are the reason we watch sports and they are incredible human beings as well as athletes and we just need to appreciate them more and you just don't find guys like that like i think that that's what i want to like say with the the trade which is not in my hands right so Mm -hmm. if it happens Mm -hmm. it happens but um i don't I don't know if I completely believe the reports. I think that it might be a little overblown, but like which which reports were, exactly? Oh, for Atlanta. Uh, sorry, I should have. Um, so oh, there's the rumors that that Siakam uh, is next to be traded, and uh, the Atlanta Hawks are are interested. That's per uh, Michael Grange. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that to be honest. Um, but uh, let's say. Well, if the Hawks is, get them, then they'll have the number one and the number two most overrated players in the NBA. So why not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know, right? Um, because you don't get guys like this. Like, do you know how hard it is to find? Like, I, I watch this team. Like, legitimately watch. I know people. A lot of a lot of people say this. I mean, I was very young for portions of it. But I, I was born in 87. So I've been a fan of this team since like 95. I've watched the ups and downs. I I watched the least probably during the Bargnani era um, because yeah. I just, I couldn't, I po- really, post, really did not Post Vince that. Carter, I tuned out quite a bit as well. And so much, the Bargnani so era was like, I was probably a bit more like in and out. The Primo Pasta commercials actually, I mean, people joke about them, but honestly, they, they were hard to sit through. I was like, how many of these primo <laughs> so pasta commercials am I supposed to watch in a two and a half hour block? Like this the is crazy. The pizza, pizza. Yeah, yeah. Oh like God. this is actually a lot. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is, you don't find people. Like you said, people are taking things for granted here. Do you know how hard it is to find a Pascal Siakam? Do you know how hard it is to find a guy like that? He's like we look at these the the way that we compare uh, players just because of the distance from them. You know, you look at a Chris Bosh. We, we can have a discussion about this. Like I, I don't think it's just gospel, but in my estimation, Pascal Siakam is a better player for the Raptors than Chris Bosh ever was. You don't just find players like Pascal Siakam. Is he a number one? Maybe not. Right? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but just finding somebody like that and giving up and thinking, oh, we'll find somebody in the draft. We'll pick up these young prospects. They're unknown entities. You you don't just like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like, oh, we'll just go get another Pascal Siakam. It's really hard to find it's true, like, And why we want to retain Fred? Because you don't just find Fred's. Well, it's you know? like, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Pascal Siakam being sort of, you know, miscast as a number one player yeah right on a winning team and i i think there is truth to that for sure but i also see how that's like extremely unfair to him because it's like who put him in that position also i just don't like i look at siakam and i'm just like 
he just doesn't owe you more than what he is capable of. He's given you so much, right? Like even if he's a number two on a championship team, which, you know, arguably he was when we won a championship between him and Kyle, just depends on what types of players and, you know, abilities you value. But it's just like, even if he's a number three on a championship team, that's massive from where he came from. What was he was drafted like 21st or something like, you know, somewhere in the twenties he was drafted. It's like, that is, that is okay. Casey's off. If you're watching YouTube again, but uh, that is everybody's calling me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's like right before lunch. And I feel like that's the time everyone tries to get a hold of people. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just don't feel like he owes anyone more than what he's capable of. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just think right now it's a confusing time as Raptors fans. It's a confusing time as the organization because we've just been sort of like, we don't know what direction this team's going in. There's been more questions than answers. And it's yeah. just, it's all coming out the way that it is. But we should probably wrap this up because we're at the one hour mark here. Um, yeah. Casey, what an incredible conversation. I always love having you on the show. Thank you again. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Um, this is uh, an unofficial season finale for Buckets and Tea NBA show. Oh, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back in the fall. I uh, am covering the WNBA weekly on the pickup. So uh, if anyone yeah. is interested in that, you can check out the pickup WNBA podcast. Uh, if something crazy happens, then I could yeah. come back. That's why I say like, it's unofficial. Like if just if something bonkers happens, then I'm Toronto like, you know what? Yeah, then I'm going to want to jump back on this podcast yeah. and talk about it, in, you yeah. know, in the middle of August. But like just like last summer, I didn't want to do like two months of like where is kevin durant gonna go just for him to go nowhere just for him to go to (laughs) phoenix right at the mid-season deadline so i just i don't want to have a whole summer of like where is damian lillard gonna go so that's why i just feel like right now is the time to to call it and and enjoy my summer and for everyone else to enjoy your summer as well and if something crazy happens uh i will be back so thank you everyone for tuning in to this show all season long i appreciate you a lot uh the show continues to grow so i'm really excited about that both on youtube and online of course subscribe and support raptors republic uh we've got some guys out at um at summer league right now so you'll get more summer league content from rr and all that good stuff and it sounds like there's some construction happening on casey's side so we really really gotta go but uh casey thank you so much again for being on the show let us know uh what you're up to what are your new grady dick designs uh what are your what are your fred are you gonna do some houston fred van fleet stuff like what do you want to do Mm -hmm. hopefully um you know uh yeah so hopefully something with that uh uh, there's gonna be some stuff coming with grady at some point um we'll be more into the season but you'll see some content i think coming soonish um i'm probably gonna take a bit of a break because uh my firstborn is on the way in two weeks so that's really what i got going on in my life speaking of congratulations yes um that uh you know weighing out sports and life that's what really counts um but otherwise uh what i have going on soon is tomorrow depending on when this this will go up but it'll be friday friday july 7th no friday july anyways tomorrow is july 7th yes that's when this episode comes out yeah tomorrow july 7th hats are dropping um he's got a side patch on them too um oh nice uh, so basically what this is, is it's going to be like um, doing uh, different neighborhoods. It's for my six ends line, different neighborhoods around Toronto, doing uh, places where people actually live. I've got tired of seeing places that were like Casaloma and <laughs> King West and Queen West and all these places where people don't actually live, you know, and little <laughs> embroidery and stuff. So I decided I'm going to make stuff apparel for places that are underrepresented malvern malvern uh, shout out riverdale um and uh really high quality stuff i always make really high quality stuff and then other than that i'm just working with my homie ali jamal 
from Northern Touch Vintage. We're working on a uh, ready-to-wear line. This is one of the shirts, chenille. Um, so you'll see that around. Not basketball-related, but you may see some basketball players in it uh, because of some dope people in my life who support me. And, um, yeah, otherwise, what do I got going on? Just live your life, be happy, go touch grass, and adopt dogs. Adopt dogs. <laughs> adopt all the dogs. Adopt, don't shop. This is uh, prices right now. We just have like yeah. a thing about dogs yeah. at the end of the day. your dogs. Um, dogs are great for mental health. Um, and there's so many dogs that need homes. Go adopt old dogs. Oh my God, Casey, I love it. Thank you again, everyone. Enjoy your summer, touch grass, all that. And uh, we'll, we'll see you in a couple months. Take care, everyone. Bye.